Welcome to another story from The Raven Narratives. I'm Tom Yoder. And I'm Sarah Severson. We're the co-producers of The Raven Narratives. Earlier this year, we had the pleasure of working with students from Southwest Open School in Cortez, Colorado, as well as Animus High School in Durango, Colorado, for a youth storytelling project called The Talon Tales. We really want to thank Nate Osgood, who's a teacher at Southwest Open School, and Allie Johnson, who's a teacher at Animus High School, for supporting us in this project featuring the voices of youth in our community. The story you're about to hear was told by Rachel Cox, who's a junior at Southwest Open School. She loves swimming, cheerleading, hiking, and kayaking, among many other sports. And she is terrified of heights, and so she loves to go cliff diving into water and skydiving to challenge herself. She hopes you enjoy hearing about a crazy piece of her life. Here's Rachel's story. When I was 16, I found out I was pregnant. Not the best thing to find out when you're a 16-year-old girl. Um, But that wasn't the scary part for me. Um, The scariest part for me, I think, was having to go to school and do it all by myself. Um, You see here, the only people who knew were the father of my kid and my mom. And the father of my kid had graduated, and I can't take my mom to school, unfortunately. Um, But as I would walk into school and walked in my classes, I felt like everybody knew. Like, all their eyes were staring at me like they knew my big, dark secret. And, you know, in my head, I was already, like, nine months pregnant and, like, big old stomach, but I was, like, you know, flat and it wasn't showing, but in my head, everybody knew. And I think it got to me, and I feel like I finally had to tell someone And so I pulled my best friend aside and I said, hey, let's go to lunch, you know, I have something to tell you. And we're walking to Walmart because, you know, I went to the high school at the time. And as we're walking to Walmart, I see him and we're looking at each other and it's like he knows that I'm about to tell her. And we walk into Walmart and all of a sudden we find ourselves in the baby aisle and I tell her, hey. I have something like, you know, really big. And she's just like, you're pregnant. And I was like, what? How did you? No. (laughs) No. Since she said that, I would have been like, no, I'm not. But I really was. And we just found ourselves bawling and bawling and bawling in the baby aisle. (laughs) How ironic. But um, high school was a little bit hard for me. Um, I didn't have really much friends. I had just moved here about two two years ago from now, um, from Florida to here, and the only friend that I had was the friend that I was crying in Walmart with. And what else was something that really was stressful for me during my pregnancy was that the father of my kid didn't really want to be involved. And it was me begging all the time for someone who didn't want to be in a situation that, you know, he had to be in. And he wasn't really around for much of it. And um, as time passed, um, I think we're getting to the time as I'm about nine months pregnant, ready to pop, as you can say. And he all of a sudden, you know, shows up, he's there, and we're talking and everything. And, you know, I'm just like, oh, there's this sharp pain. I'm like, oh, 
I think I'm having one of those things you call contractions. And, you know, I'm just like, ah, it's probably no big deal. Because my biggest fear is that, you know, I drive all the way to Durango from Cortez and I'm not going into labor. And then I'm just like, oh, you know, we drove here for nothing. And so we just wait for an hour and it starts to get worse. And, you know, I call my mom and I think she's at work. I think she's doing something. And she comes home, she's all freaking out, she's just like, you know, let's get into the car, let's pack up, pack up, let's go. She's like, are you coming, are you coming, you know? And it's this big thing. And as we're getting into the car, I'm in so much pain, and I'm staring at the father of my kid, and I'm just glaring at him as hard as I can, you know? And I'm just like, this is your fault. This is, you did this, you know? We wouldn't be in this situation if it wasn't for you even though it takes two to tango. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm just glaring, and my mom's just driving like a maniac trying to get there on time. And as we get there, I start to, you know, calm down. I'm just, you know, have to keep closure and everything. And as we walk in there, I'm just squeezing his hand as hard as I can, and I'm just like, um, I think I'm going into labor. And she's like, oh, oh, really? Do you need a wheelchair? I'm like, no, I I think I can find, you know, the labor room, I guess. And as we're walking up there, you know, I'm just like glaring at him some more, just wanting him to, you know, just feel the pain that I'm feeling, which is never going to happen. But as we get there, you know, she checks to see if I'm actually going into labor. And I'm just like, please, I'm going into labor. Please, I'm going into labor. Because I'm ready to pop. I'm like, I'm tired of this. And then I don't want to be like, oh, mom, we drove all the way here for nothing. And as we're in the labor room, I'm ready. And she's like, yeah. And I get all prepared. And my mom comes up and after parking the car and everything with my friends. And the father of my kid asks my mom, can you go make some errands for me? And I just look at him like, why? What, what does she need to go do? And everything. And so she leaves. And about after an hour my mom leaves, I'm going into labor, but my mom's not there. And I'm in the room with just me and Jordan, and I'm just already mad, and I'm just like, if you didn't send her away, she'd be here. And as I'm getting ready, and we're both crying, but I'm crying because I'm in pain, and he, I don't know why he's crying, and I yell at him, why are you crying? Like, this is, no, this is not acceptable, man up. (laughs) Um, And... I'm just overwhelmed because after a few screaming pushes, I have this beautiful baby boy. (laughs) And I'm just overwhelmed with joy and shock. But after I start to look at him, I realize he has a cone-shaped head. And I don't know that's a normal thing. (laughs) And so I look at Jordan and I say, what is this? Um, um why is his head like this? This is your fault, you know? I'm like, I want to see baby pictures. I was like, this is all you. (laughs) My jeans are great, yours aren't. And I'm yelling at him. And I think, you know, the doctor reassures me, no, this is perfectly fine. His head will go back to normal. And I'm like, are you sure? Are you sure this is normal? And... Yeah, about five minutes later, my mom comes in, and she's just mad at Jordan, and I feel like we're all just mad at him, just like, you know, this is your fault, she missed it, and um, after that, we enjoying our beautiful baby boy, and it's time to go home, 
And shortly after that, it's not really a beautiful kind of family at the hospital. It starts to be more argumental between me and the father of my kid. And, you know, we go from happy family to arguing all the time and arguing and arguing. And soon he starts showing up less and less and less, which, you know, freaks me out because my biggest fear as being a teen mother is having to do this all by myself. And as me and him argue more and more, things start to get physical. I can remember it like it was yesterday. It was around five o'clock, six o'clock. I had my friends over. We were just, you know, laughing, playing around with Alex. And he comes over and he's bringing over supplies and everything. And I don't know, we just always, have, since we were arguing, we always just had this, I don't know, deep anger at each other. And he said something, I don't remember what quite it was, and it kind of ticks me off. And after he um, ticked me off, I told him, you could leave, and he throws a punch at me. But it doesn't hit me, it hits the door, and I freak out, I slam the door, and he keeps hitting and hitting and hitting the door. And I'm just freaking out, and I'm scared because this used to be the love of my life, the person I thought I'd be with forever. But shortly after that, cops are called, restraining orders are filed, and time goes on, and we don't really see each other much. And shortly after that, restraining orders off, and we talk, and we realize that maybe we weren't meant to be. Maybe we were meant to have a kid together, but not meant to be together. And after that, we kind of get along more and more. He starts showing up more and more. And we have a nice, happy, beautiful baby boy who's walking already. He's almost a year old. And I think we're all happy as can be. Thank you. Thanks, Rachel, for telling that story. To hear more stories like this one, subscribe to the Raven Narratives podcast on iTunes, on SoundCloud, or Stitcher, where you can also leave comments and share these stories with your friends. And to find out what the themes will be at upcoming events and to pitch your story for a future Raven Narratives live storytelling event, go to our website at ravennarratives.org, check out the events page, and then fill out the form on the contact page to pitch your story. The Raven Narratives also offers group and one-on-one storytelling services to support organizations and businesses. More on those services is also on our website. You can also see a photo gallery of our storytellers there, taken by the incredible McCarson Lee of Red Scarf Shots Photography. Find out more about her photography services for shooting your portraits or special events at redscarfshots.com. Our theme music was written, composed, and performed by Jazar. And you can find out more about his music on SoundCloud or at freemusicarchive.org.